0: Last Sunday uh, we we were looking at in Romans 7 and I just want to open by reading uh, just one verse from Romans and and we're, we're not going to stay there in Romans but it's going to be the lead in to the rest of um, what we're going to be talking about today and what we talked about to some degree at the end of the sermon last Sunday. And so begin with Romans 7. Verse 6, and I'll be reading from the New King James Version this morning, it says, But now we have been delivered from the law, having died to what we were held by, but now so that we should serve in the newness of the Spirit and not in the oldness of the letter. We've been delivered from the law, having died died to what we were held by, we were held captive by sin. Why? So that we should serve in the newness of the Spirit and not in the oldness of the letter. And we talked about last Sunday about the oldness and the newness. And we talked of the contrast between the old covenant and the new covenant. And what's today being Communion Sunday, I just wanted us to look further into the new covenant. Because on the night that Jesus was in the upper room, He was there to partake of the Passover meal with His disciples as they had gathered. And in Luke 22, verses 19 and 20, And He, Jesus, took bread, gave thanks, and broke it, and gave it to them, saying, This is My body which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Likewise, he also took the cup after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood, which is shed for you. And let's read a parallel passage from Matthew 26, verse 26 through 28. And as they were eating, Jesus took bread, blessed and broke it, and gave it to the disciples and said, Take, eat, this is my body. Then he took the cup and gave thanks and gave it to them, saying, Drink from it, all of you, for this is my blood of the new covenant, which is shed for many for the remission of sins. Let's pray once again. So Heavenly Father, we, we give you thanks. We we give you thanks for the indescribable gift of Jesus Christ our Savior, our Redeemer, our Rescue. And Lord, today I pray that You would help us to remember all that Christ has done for us, to help us to remember the cross, to help us to remember His blood that was shed for the forgiveness of sin, the remission of sin. So Lord, teach us as we listen to Your Word today. Pour out Your Spirit upon us. Draw us close, I pray. In Jesus' name, amen. We're going to be reading a lot, a lot uh, from Hebrews today. So I pray you've, you've got your Bible or your device. Maybe you can read along. And, and if not, you can follow along on the screens. But, but as, as we're getting to Hebrews seven, uh, first again, new covenant, new covenant, not the old, not the oldness. Not the oldness of the letter, and remember we read last Sunday from 2 Corinthians, the third chapter, verses five and six. Not that we are, this is Paul talking here, not that we are sufficient of ourselves to think of anything as being from ourselves, but our sufficiency is from God, who also made us sufficient as ministers of the new covenant, not of the letter, In other words, not of the oldness, not of the letter, but of the Spirit. For the letter kills, but the Spirit gives life. Could the old covenant save anyone? Could the old covenant totally wash away sin? No. No, it couldn't. But the new covenant can, because that's Christ and His blood. In in, in Luke it said, the cup is the new covenant in my blood, which is shed for you. In Matthew it said, for this is my blood of the new covenant, which is shed for many for the remission of sin. The new covenant. We talked a little bit last Sunday. Jesus came and trying to figure out the words to say, to usher in, and we're going to read in Scripture, it's going to say to establish the new covenant. How? By His blood by sacrificial death upon the cross. And there's no other book in the Bible, I don't think, that talks about and explains this new covenant better than the book of Hebrews. And so what we're going to do today, I'm just going to quote Hebrews and let the Word of God speak. You know, sometimes we sing that little song, Word of God, speak. Would you pour down like rain? Washing my eyes to see your majesty. To be still and know that you're in this place. Lay and rest in your holiness. Word of God speak. And that's what we want, isn't it? Let the word of god speak so let's let's begin in in hebrews the seventh chapter we're going to read 17 through 28 for he testifies you are a priest forever according to the order of melchizedek now who is this priest forever this is christ talking of christ For on the one hand, there is an an annulling of the former commandment, the oldness, because of its weakness and unprofitableness, for the law made nothing perfect. On the other hand, there is the bringing in of a better hope, a new covenant, through which we draw near to God, and inasmuch as He was not made priest without an oath, for they have become priests without an oath, talking about those in the Old Testament and now talking about Christ, but he with an oath by him who said to him, an oath by God the Father, a promise from the Father, a command from the Father to come and do his will. The Lord has sworn sworn, and will not relent, you are a priest forever according to the order of Melchizedek. By so much more, Jesus has become a surety of a better covenant, a surety. Well, what is that? Jesus is the one who guarantees that the new covenant will be carried out. The surety. That that it is settled. That it will never change. He is the surety of this new covenant. Also, there were many priests because they were prevented by death from continuing. They weren't eternal. They were going to die. But he... Because he continues forever, talking of Christ, has an unchangeable priesthood. We, we, we sing that lyric in, in that song, You are God alone. Unchangeable, unshakable, unstoppable, that's what you are. That, that's where the lyricist gets that from the Word of God. It, he continues forever, has an unchangeable priesthood. Therefore, he is also able to save to the uttermost those who come to God through him, since he always lives to make intercession for them. He saves to the uttermost, completely. Those who come to him, or come to God through him. Is there any way to God the Father and except through Jesus Christ? No, no other way. And he saves those who come to the uttermost, completely and forever. Verse 26, For such a high priest was fitting for us, who is holy, harmless, undefiled, separate from sinners, and has become higher than the heavens, who does not need daily, as those high priests, to offer up sacrifices, first for his own sins, and then for the people's. For this he did once for all, when he offered up himself. For the law appoints as high priests, men who have weaknesses, but the word of the oath which came after the law appoints the Son who has been perfected forever. The oldness and the newness. Jesus offered up Himself once as the perfect all-time sacrifice for sin. Chapter 8, Hebrews chapter 8, verses 1 and 2. Now this is the main point of the things we are saying. We have such a high priest who is seated at the right hand of the throne of the majesty in the heavens, a minister of the sanctuary and of the true tabernacle which the Lord erected and not man. I like that, don't you? This is the main point of what we're saying. If you leave the service today and somebody should say, what was the main point of the sermon today, well, there you go. The, the main point is that Jesus is our great high priest who offered himself as the perfect sacrifice for sin. And that should always be the main point. Always be the main point. Let's drop down to verse 6. We're going to read 6 through 13. But now he, Jesus Christ, he has obtained a more excellent ministry inasmuch as he is also mediator of a better covenant which was established on better promises for if that first covenant had been faultless then no place would have been sought for a second because finding fault with them he says and here we have a a direct quote from jeremiah 31 almost a direct quote from jeremiah 31 which we read from last sunday behold The days are coming, says the Lord, when I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel and with the house of Judah, not according to the covenant that I made with their fathers in the day when I took them by the hand and led them out of the land of Egypt, because they did not continue in my covenant. And I disregarded them, says the Lord, for this is the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel after those days, says the Lord. I will put my laws in their mind and write them on their hearts. And I will be their God, and they shall be my people. None of them shall teach his neighbor, and none his brother, saying, Know the Lord, for all shall know me from the least of them to the greatest of them. For I will be merciful to their unrighteousness, and their sins, and their lawless deeds. I will remember no more. In that, he says, a new covenant he has made the first obsolete, now, what is becoming obsolete and growing old is ready to vanish away. Now, did Jesus come to destroy the law? No, he come to fulfill, to fulfill everything. But we have a new covenant now established by Jesus Christ. Let's go into Hebrews 9. Let's read 11 through 15. Now, you can go back later and you can read all of it. We're not going to read everything this morning, but a lot. Hebrews 9, verses 11 through 15. But Christ came as high priest of the good things to come with a greater and more perfect tabernacle, not made with hands, that is not of this creation, because it was Him. It was Him. It was Him. Verse 12, not with the blood of goats, And calves, but with his own blood he entered the most holy place once for all, having obtained eternal redemption. Now I know I've talked about this a lot, but do you grasp what that just said? Jesus, the great high priest, what would the what would the great high priest do once a year? He would take the blood, he would go into the Holy of Holies, he would make the sacrifice for sin upon the altar but what did Jesus do with his own blood Jesus the great high priest gave himself put himself upon the altar gave himself so that we might have eternal redemption now verse 13 for if the blood of goats and bulls and the ashes of a heifer sprinkling the unclean sanctifies for the purifying of the flesh how much more shall the blood of Christ, who through the eternal Spirit offered Himself without spot to God, cleanse your conscience from dead works to serve the living God. And for this reason, He is the mediator of the new covenant by means of death. You Get that. His death upon the cross. He is the mediator of the new covenant by means of death for the redemption of the transgressions under the first covenant that those who are called may receive the promise of eternal inheritance. Child of God, aren't you thankful that one day the Lord called you to Himself through Christ? Aren't you thankful? Hebrews 10. let's, Let's read. That's 1 through 25. Let's read. For the law... Having a shadow of the good things to come and not the very image of the things can never with these same sacrifices which they offer continually year by year make those who approach perfect. They couldn't. Those sacrifices couldn't make someone perfect. Verse 2, For then would they not have ceased to be offered. For the worshipers once purified would have had no more consciousness of sin. But in those sacrifices, there is a reminder of sins every year, for it is not possible that the blood of bulls and goats could take away sins. Therefore, when he came into the world, when Jesus came, he said, Sacrifice and offering you did not desire, but a body you have prepared for me. And burn offerings and sacrifices for sin you had no pleasure Then I said, Behold, I have come in the volume of the book it is written of me to do your will, O God. Previously saying, Sacrifice and offerings, burnt offerings and offerings for sin you did not desire, nor had pleasure in them which are offered according to the law. But they had a purpose, didn't they? They had a purpose. They pointed to that which was to come. That's why all of that was established. Verse 9. Then he said, Behold, I have come to do your will, O God. He takes away the first, that he may establish the second. Is it clear to you what that's talking about? The oldness, and now the newness. Take away the first, and establishing the second, the new covenant. Verse 10, By that will by the will of God that he's just been talking about, by that will we have been sanctified through the offering of the body of Jesus Christ once for all. And every priest stands ministering daily and offering repeatedly the same sacrifices which can never take away sins. But this man, this Jesus, this Savior, this, this Redeemer, this. but this man, after he had offered one sacrifice for sins forever, sat down at the right hand, of God, what what's the significance of that? Do you, you remember having set down? That means it is finished, it is completed. I have come and I, I have done your will, O Lord. Verse thirteen. Well, well, but but this man, after he'd offered one sacrifice for sins forever, set down at the right hand of God. From that time, waiting till his enemies are made his footstool. For by one offering he has perfected forever. <laughs> those who are being sanctified. <laughs> Don't you love that, child of God? Perfected forever. Those who are being sanctified. But the Holy Spirit also witnesses witnesses to us, for after He had said before, this is the covenant that I will make with them after those days, says the Lord, I will put my laws into their heart and into their minds, I will write them Then he adds, their sins and lawless deeds I will remember no more. Now, where there is remission of these, there is no longer an offering for sin. No longer necessary. Christ paid it all. Therefore, verse 19, Therefore, brethren, having boldness to enter the holiest by the blood of Jesus, by new and living way which he consecrated for us, through the veil, that is his flesh, and having a high priest over the house of God, let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith, having a heart sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Do you understand? We no longer go to a priest. We no longer go and pray to them so that they could offer up a prayer and get our sins forgiven. Christ has torn the veil so that we have access. We have access. Through Christ, we have access to God. Verse 23, let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering. For he who promised is faithful. And let us consider one another in order to stir up love and good works, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together, as is the manner of some, but exhorting one another, and so much more, and so much the more, as you see the day approaching. Isn't that section, chapter 7 through 10, amazing to tell us of the new covenant and of what Christ has done? Now, so you can go back and read this all again and, and fill in those verses that I didn't read today. And as I said last Sunday, when, when Jesus says in, in Luke 22, the new covenant in my blood, he means that everything, everything that the new covenant promised is established by his blood. Because of the blood of Christ, our sins are forgiven. Because of the blood of Christ, we have access to God the Father. Because of the blood of Christ, we are given the Holy Spirit that indwells us and lives within us. Because of the blood of Christ, the law is written on our hearts, not just on tablets of stone. A heart with a desire to serve Him. And I read this quote last Sunday, O blood-bought Christian Know your blessings. Know your privileges. Know what it is to be the beneficiary of the new covenant. And that is good. Know who you are. Trust the Lord for He is faithful. And and I would ask the question this way today. Are you a beneficiary of the new covenant? Do you know your privileges? Do you know what it is to be washed clean by the blood of the Lamb? A new heart. There's only one way to God the Father, and that's through the sacrifice, the cross, the shed blood of Jesus Christ. In Romans 10, verses 9 through 13, that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised Him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart one believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. For the scripture says, whoever believes on him will not be put to shame. For there is no distinction between Jew and Greek. For the same Lord over all is rich to all who call upon him. For whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Shall be saved. In Hebrews 13, Verses 20 and 21. Now may the God of peace who brought up our Lord Jesus from the dead, that great shepherd of the sheep through the blood of the everlasting covenant, make you complete in every good work to do his will, working in you what is well-pleasing in his sight through Jesus Christ to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. Make you complete in every good work to do his will, working in you what is well-pleasing in his sight. And I believe one of the things that is well-pleasing to God and is, is to do what he has asked us to do in remembering Christ in the way that Jesus Christ himself has established. 1 Corinthians 11, verses 23 through 26. For I received from the Lord that which I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus on the same night in which he was betrayed took bread and when he had given thanks he broke it and said take eat this is my body which is broken for you do this in remembrance of me now, let's pause there for a minute because the the gospels doesn't add uh, broken for you have you noticed that as you read or at least in the New King James it doesn't, it doesn't say and when you read that as Paul has it here don't Because not one bone of his body was broken upon the cross. That's not what it's talking about when it says broken. That's given up upon the cross. That's what that's talking about when it says broken. To give himself up for and the part to grasp in the midst of that child of God for you. For you. Okay, uh, Verse uh, 25. In the same manner, he also took the cup after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death till he comes. So every day, child of God, every day, we should remember that we are saved. Every day, we should marvel at the love of God. Every day. Look to Him and give thanks, knowing that we're saved on the basis of Christ humbling Himself to death upon the cross. Not let a day go by that we don't say, I remember, I remember, I remember that. that that's that's why I love that, that song we sing probably every Communion Sunday. Lord, I won't forget. I won't forget. I won't forget. In Mark Fourteen, I believe we we read starting out from Luke and Matthew now in Mark fourteen verses twenty two and twenty through twenty five. And as they were eating, Jesus took bread, blessed and broke it, and gave it to them, and said, Take eat, this is my body. Then he took the cup, and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, and they all drank from it. And he said to them, This is my blood of the new covenant, which is shed. For many. So Jesus took two of the elements from the Passover meal. These were things that at every Passover meal that was being celebrated or observed, there was bread that was eaten at at specific intervals. There was wine, which was drank at specific intervals. And he takes two of those things off of that table and makes them his own to give us this picture. That we have even today that we can go back to and look at. The bread and the wine. This is my body. What what did the disciples think? Did they look at that piece of bread and say, well, that's, that's, no, his body's right there. What's that? Symbolic language. Symbolic language. Jesus said, I am the door. I am the light. I am the vine. It's symbolic language that the bread did not become flesh. The bread does not become flesh in any communion service held anywhere on earth today. That's a heresy. It does not. It is a picture of Christ and His body which is given for us. So it's symbolism to make a statement about that which was to come, his body given up upon the cross, his blood shed upon the cross. He took the bread, he blessed it and broke it. Luke 22, verse 19, and he took bread, gave thanks and broke it and gave it to them. This is my body which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Jesus had talked about bread. Can we just a few verses, that talks about that in John, the sixth chapter, where he talked about him being the bread of life. In John 6, verse 31 through 35. Our fathers ate the manna in the wilderness, as it is written. He gave them bread from heaven to eat. Then Jesus said to them, Most assuredly I say to you, Moses did not give you the bread from heaven, but my Father gives you the true bread from heaven. For the bread of God is he who comes down from heaven and gives his life for the world. So he was talking about himself. He's talking about that time when he is going to be going to the cross. Then they said to him lord give us this bread always and jesus said to them i am the bread of life he who comes to me shall never hunger and he who believes in me shall never thirst talking and this this is in john the sixth chapter he's preparing the way he's laying the groundwork if i could say it that way of what's to come in verse 48 through 51 jesus says this i am the bread of life Our fathers ate the manna in the wilderness and are dead. This is the bread which comes down from heaven that one may eat of it and not die. I am the living bread which comes down from heaven. If anyone eats this bread, he will live forever. And the bread that I shall give is my flesh, which I shall give for the life of the world. Then in verse 58, this is the bread which came down from heaven, not as your fathers ate the manna and are dead. He who eats this bread will live forever. And and, and you get the symbolism of this: those who receive Christ. You know, think of it that way. That's that's what it is for those who receive Christ has eternal life. Then he took the cup, Mark 14, verse 24. And he said to them, This is my blood of the new covenant, which is shed for many. In Matthew 26:28, it was for this: is my blood of the new covenant, which is shed for the shed for many. For and he puts the remission of sin. That's what. That's why he came. In Colossians one, verses thirteen and fourteen, he has delivered us. This is the Lord. He has delivered us from the power of darkness and conveyed us into the kingdom of the Son of His love, and whom we have redemption through His blood. The forgiveness of sins. What can wash away my sin? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. What can make me whole again? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Oh, precious is the flow. That makes me white as snow. No other fount I know. Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Ephesians 1 verse 7. In him we have redemption. Through His blood, the forgiveness of sins according to the riches of His grace. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we we give thanks. We give thanks for the new covenant that was established through the blood of Christ. And Lord, help us to remember and never forget Help us to marvel of what Christ has done. So Lord, we give you thanks for this indescribable gift that we may one day stand before you clothed in a robe of righteousness, not of our own, but of Christ because of what Christ has done. And so, Lord, we give thanks and help us to remember, even as we take this little piece of bread and this little cup of juice, Lord, help us to remember. So I pray, Lord, that you would bless the communion table today, the bread that is there, Lord, that that we may eat of it and and have a, a surety of knowing that just as I can hold that little piece of bread and know that it is real, that is how real it is that Christ gave himself for me. And as I take that little cup of juice, uh, just as sure as I can hold it and as I can drink it, that's how sure I can know that Christ shed his blood for my redemption. So Lord, help us that we may know. And Father, should there be someone who is yet lost in their sin, that that they're still under the law, they're not under grace, that, that, Father, You would show them the cross. Lord, have mercy and draw them to Yourself. Open their eyes to see You in all Your glory and Your holiness. And, and Lord, at the sight of You, that their sin would just be radiant within them and, and they would tremble before you. And Father, grant them repentance as they would fall before you crying out and, and confessing their sins. And, and, and Father, grant them faith that they could believe the gospel of Jesus Christ. Father, help them that they could turn from their sin and follow Christ the remainder of their days. So Lord, help us to know more of Christ and of what He has done. And it's in his name I pray. Amen. Amen.